Today we're, um, we're going to continue talking about meeting and moving this, this new year, meeting with God and allowing Him to, to move us toward maturity, and there's several ways that we can do that, and we're going to be looking uh, at a few of those over the next few weeks, and uh, today we're going to be looking at meeting Him with His Word, the Bible. And it's probably the most foundational way that we can, uh, for us to meet with God. One of the key ways he is able to, to meet with us and, and to cause us to move. <clears throat> the key verse for us this morning is going to be Psalm 119, 105. You can go ahead and turn there if you want. That's kind of our key foundational verse for this morning. There are going to be a lot of scripture this morning, a lot. And that's why you've got that little insert there. And I had to, at some point, cut myself off and, uh, and stop. Um, but, you know, when you're talking about the Word, you know, you need to be talking about the Word. And uh, so, um, anyways, so let's, let's take a look at Psalm 119.105. <clears throat> the psalmist says, Your Word is a lamp to my feet and a lamp to my path. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And I think that really sums it up. God's word is the lamp that guides us, directs us in everything that we do. Um, it is the source of, of light for us in this dark world. Um, and it is there, it is given to help us navigate this fallen sinful world that we are in, to illuminate those things in our life that need to be changed. And uh, so, in the beginning, God was, was personally, physically, with his creation. He walked and he talked with Adam and Eve in the garden. And they had intimate, personal relationship and conversations with him. They walked with him and they talked with him. And we, we sing a, a, a hymn in the garden that, that talks about the, the life that they had with him. He was able to, to, talk, to talk directly to them. Adam, Eve, do this, do that. I love you. But then sin entered the picture and created a separation. Sinful man can no longer be in the presence <clears throat> Of a, of a holy God. God had to withdraw his, his physical presence and they were no longer able to communicate face to face like they did once. But God had love for his creation and a desire to redeem it. And fallen man could no longer come into his presence and live, so God had to communicate in a different way. He began to communicate through his chosen vessels the prophets, and he would give a message through them, allow them to then declare it. Thus saith the Lord, they would say. And so we have the five books from Moses laying out the, the early history, the Pentateuch. Then we have messages from the prophets, from Samuel and Isaiah and Jeremiah and Joshua and the judges and, and Ezekiel and Nahum and Zephaniah, Malachi, and Ezra, and Nehemiah, and Hosea, and on and on and on. But sin 
had entered the world. So these prophets wouldn't live forever. They wouldn't be able to walk and, and, and declare, thus saith the Lord, forever. So those messages were, messages were written down so that the words of the Lord could be declared long after they were gone. And over time, they were collected, they were, they were organized, and they were, they were canonized into this wonderful book that we call the Bible. It's filled with, with fascinating stories and riveting history of God's people over, over many centuries. It also contains deeply moving poetry and words that can be a, a profound source of, of comfort and, and wisdom, passages that convey the, the highest standard of, of ethics and morality. It's a, an extraordinary book. Amen? Living. Believers treasure the Bible for, for much more than just those qualities alone. During the British coronation service, the, the moderator of the Church of Scotland would, would hand the new monarch a Bible, and then he would say these words, This book is the most valuable thing that this world affords. Here is wisdom. This is the royal law. These are the lively oracles of God. <clears throat> Treasure it as the very words of God. 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is God-breathed, right? Psalm 119.105, it's a lamp unto our feet and a, and a, a light unto our path. It's, a, it's a, a given to guide us through every aspect of our life. It's the chief way that God has chosen to communicate with us. So if we want to meet with God, that is the primary place for us to do it. And so we're going to discuss the importance of that this morning, meeting and moving with the Lord through his word, the why and the how. There are so many reasons, so many answers that we, we, we couldn't possibly cover all of them this, this morning. So we're going to focus primarily on how it fits within our, our larger point of, of meeting with him and moving. And so why? Why do we meet God in his word? Well, the first reason is that is where we go to know who God is. Above all else, Scripture is God's self-revelation. It's how he reveals who he is to us. Of course, he reveals things through creation and th other things as well. But it, this is the primary place where he has, has chosen to reveal himself. Sovereign God of the universe has, has chosen to make man and to make himself known to man. Through the scriptures, we're able to discover who he is and, and his character. So that, what are some of the things that we discover about who God is in scripture? Now, we're going to go through a lot of scripture here, so buckle up. Let's start right at the very first, the very, the very first verses of the Bible in Genesis 1, 1 through 5. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the earth, of, of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. 
God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. Those five verses tell us so much about God. Just those first five verses tell us so much about who God is. God created everything from nothing before time, and he spoke it into existence. Revelation 22, 13, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. God is telling us who he is. Isaiah 44, 6, I am the first and I am the last. Apart from me, there is no God. Exodus 20, verse 5, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. Isaiah 42, 8, I am the Lord, that is my name. And I will not give my glory to anyone else, nor share my praise with carved idols. Just those those first few verses tell us about the the power of God. Awesome power of God, who is outside of time, created everything out of nothing, spoke it into existence. There is only one, and he will not share what rightly belongs to him. He will not share his glory with anyone else. Leviticus 19, 1 through 2, and the Lord spoke to Moses saying, speak to all the congregation of the people in Israel and say to them, you shall be holy for I, the Lord your God, am holy. Holy means set apart, unique, distinct. There is no one like him. 1 Samuel 2, 2, there is none holy like the Lord, for there is none beside you. No one compares to God. He is the standard alone. 1 John 1, 5, this is the message we have heard from him and declare to you, God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. He is holy. And he is pure. And he calls his people to be the same. He says, be holy because I am holy. That is what he calls his people to do, because that is what he is. Deuteronomy 32, 3-4, For I will proclaim the name of the Lord, ascribe greatness to our God. The rock, his work is perfect, for all his ways are justice, a God of faithfulness and without iniquity. Just and upright is he. Psalm 50, verse 6, The heavens proclaim his righteousness, for he is a God of justice. He is just. He is righteous. He is consistent, and he is right in all of his judgments. Zephaniah 3.17, the Lord God is with you, the mighty warrior that saves. Proverbs 18.10, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. Psalm 46.1, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help. In trouble. He is a a mighty warrior. He is a strong tower. He is our refuge and our strength. He is who we go to in our time of need, our time of trouble. Revelation 118, he holds the keys of death and Hades. 1 John 4 8. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. Love finds its definition in God because he embodies all that it means. You want to know what love is? You look to him. 
1 Corinthians 10.13, No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. God is faithful. 2 Peter 3.9, The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promises, some count slowness, but is patient towards you not wishing that any should perish, but that all would reach repentance. Psalm 116, verse 5, The Lord is gracious and righteous. Our God is full of compassion. Psalm 86, verse 5, You, Lord, are forgiving and good, abounding in love to all who call to you. Micah 7, 18-19, Who is a God like you who pardons and forgives the transgression of the remnant of his his inheritance? You do not stay angry forever, but delight to show mercy. Malachi 3.6, I am the Lord. I do not change. What What does the Bible tell us God is? Just out of those few verses. He is the all-powerful creator. He is holy, and he is pure, and he is just. He is is a mighty warrior. He is a strong tower. He is a refuge and a strength and a a ever-present help in trouble. Holds the keys to to death and Hades. He's loving. He is patient. He is faithful. He is compassionate. He is merciful. He is loving, and he is good bounding in love to all who call to him. And so much more, so much more that we can learn about who God is from his word. He will never change, he says. If you want to know who God is, meet him in his word. That is where you will discover who God is. Next, we we meet with him in his word to know who you are. To know who you are. Genesis 1.26, Then God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. In the image of God, embody all of the communicable communicable attributes of God. All of those that he shares with us. Love and mercy and patience and forgiveness, goodness. Those are all things that, that we can embody, that, he, that he, is, he, 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 he created us to be. His image of those attributes. Let them have dominion. This defines man's unique relation above the rest of creation. We are are God's personal representatives entrusted to ruling over creation. We are highly favored. Genesis 1.27, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Male and female. Only two genders. Physically diverse by divine design in order to accomplish God's mandate to be fruitful and multiply. Neither one can reproduce on their own. 
They need each other. It's who you are. Psalm 139, 14. Fearfully and wonderfully made, he says. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. This speaks of the, 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 the care and the attention that God has for us. God has, has made billions and billions of human beings, but, but we're not mass-produced. We're not churned out cookie-cutter carbon copies of one another. The human body is, is not just a human body. It's a, an extraordinary work of art by the God of all creation. Each one uniquely and creatively formed exactly how he designed us to be as he knitted us together in our mother's womb. That's who you are. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. All of this sounds so wonderful, doesn't it? We are God's image bearers, fearfully and wonderfully made, his representatives to rule over all creation that, that he uniquely set us above. But barely three chapters in, the wheels come off the bus. God gave one rule in the garden. Don't eat the tree, the knowledge of good and evil. Don't eat of that tree, Adam. Hear me? You will die. What do Adam and Eve do? They eat from the tree the knowledge of good and evil. They fall for the lies of the serpent. Rebellion and sin entered into the world, and, and we would not be the same. All of creation was, was corrupted because of it. As the descendants of Adam and Eve, we are born with that sin nature. That is the doctrine of original sin. We find that in the Bible, by the way. Cain killed his brother, his blood crying from the ground. Man's sinful nature spread over all the earth. Genesis 6, 5, The Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. You look out into the world, Hard to argue with that, isn't it? God sent a flood to wipe out the world, but sin persisted. How can this be? After the place of, of privilege God, God gave man, how can that be? Jeremiah 17, 9 tells us, the heart is deceitful above all things and, and desperately sick. Who can understand it? Romans 3.10, as it is written, none is righteous. No, no, not one. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. It's who you are. It's who we are. The intentions of your heart are evil continually. Sure, you probably have moments that are good. But continually, you think on sin who you don't like, who you're mad at, who you don't forgive, who you're holding a grudge against, how you can get over on this person or that person, how you can satisfy the, the pleasures of your flesh. Just in case you think you are the exception, 1 John 1.8, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. 
and the truth is not in us. Galatians 5, 19-21, Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you as I warned you before that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. You see yourself in any of those? It's who we are. Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death. We went from, from fearfully and wonderfully made image bearers to dreadful, wicked sinners deserving death. That's who the Bible tells us we are. Oh, just praise the Lord for who He is, right? Right? Amen? Loving and, and patient and, and faithful and compassionate and merciful and forgiving and, and good and, and abounding in love to all who call to Him. Romans 6, 23, but the free gift of God is eternal life. Christ Jesus our Lord. Romans 5, 8, but God shows His love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God meets us where we are, lost sinners. But He doesn't leave us there. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that He gave His only Son and whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Ephesians 2, 8 through 9, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is a gift of God, not the result of works, so that no man may boast. Romans 5, 1, therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Those who accept the finished work of Christ by faith receive the forgiveness of their sins and are reconciled to God. And then they become. 1 John 1.1 1, 1, See what kind of love the Father has given to us that we should be called children of God. And so we are. 1 Peter 2.9 But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. 1 Corinthians 3.16 Do you not know that you are God's temple and that, the, and that God's Spirit dwells in you? 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Matthew 5.14, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Romans 8.37, know in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. The Bible tells us when we come to Christ and, and accept His salvation, we go from being hopelessly lost sinners to forgiven, children of God, a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for His own possession, to declare His excellencies. We're temples of the Holy Spirit, new creations, lights of the world, 
from defeated and lost to, to more than conquerors. It's so much more. If you want to know who you are, meet God in His Word. Meet God in His Word, and He will tell you who you are. The beauty of, of the Bible, if you want to know the gospel from, from beginning to end, that is the story. Who God is. Holy, pure, just, but merciful, patient, giving. Who we are as image bearers who rebelled against him, who have sinned, who deserve death. And the gospel, the gospel from, from, from the very first page to the very last one is, is God's plan to redeem us out of that. We accept that gift of salvation. Go from, from lost sinners to children of God. If you want to know who you are, meet God in His Word. There you will also see what He expects. 2 Timothy 3.16, all Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. Part of why we have God's Word. So we can learn what He expects. So we can know what He expects from us. Even after we come to faith in Christ. He has expectations for us now as His children as his royal priesthood, as his chosen people. What are some of the things Scripture teaches us? Micah 6.8 He has told you, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you? But to do justice, to love kindness, to walk humbly with your God. Romans 12.2 Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good, acceptable, and perfect. Don't be conformed to this world. Ephesians 4, 31-32, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. 1 Peter 1, 16, Be holy because I am holy. Matthew 5.48, you therefore must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Deuteronomy 10.12-13, and now Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and to keep the commandments and statutes of the Lord which I am commanding you today for your good. You want to know what the Lord requires of you? John 14, 15, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. 1 Corinthians 10, 31, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. What does God expect from his children, those who are, are saved by his grace? To do justice, to love kindness, to walk humbly before him, to not be conformed to this world. Instead, to be transformed by the renewal of, of our minds. We do that as we spend time in His Word and we learn His ways. 
how we renew our minds. You don't renew your mind by, by sitting in a chair meditating. You renew your mind by replacing the things that are in it with what God's Word says, who He is, who He says you are, before Christ and after Christ, what He expects of you. That's how you renew your mind. He expects us to do that, for us to be discerning, to allow the Holy Spirit to help us understand the words of God. The natural man is is foolishness because it's spiritually discerned. We're to get rid of bitterness, anger, and malice, to be kind and and tenderhearted and, and forgiving to one another. To be holy, to be perfect, like Him. No small task, right? To walk in His ways and, and to love Him, to serve Him with all, our, all your heart and your soul. To look after widows and orphans, to, to keep our, ourselves unstained from the world. Whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. Do you want it to know? Do you want to know what God expects from you? Meet him in his word. Meet him in his word, and you will find it there. And then allow him to move you there. Hebrews 4.12, For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. Allow the Word to penetrate your heart and and your mind and expose those areas in your life that need to be changed. What the Word does, we read it. It's that light that shines on that darkness that's within us, exposes those sins in our life, those attitudes of our heart that need to be changed, brings conviction, Allow the Word to penetrate. Do its work. Don't ignore it. When you, when you, when you read God's Word and when you hear God's Word proclaimed and you feel that, 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 that bite of conviction, don't push it off. Don't push it away. Listen to it. He's exposing things in your life that need to be removed. Allow it to penetrate your heart. Ephesians 4.24, put on the new self, created after the likeness of God in, in true righteousness and holiness. Put on that new self. Allow him to strip away that old, sinful, nasty you that you used to be. Put on the new self that he has created you to be in Christ Jesus. Realize, Galatians 2.20, that I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. In the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave me, gave himself for me. Then trust in the Lord with, with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Get to work. Ephesians 2, 10. For he 
We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We are his workmanship, fearfully, wonderfully made. Uniquely created, divinely, for a purpose. He has a task for you to accomplish. Good works that he planned beforehand for you to walk in. He's fearfully and wonderfully made for a reason. Romans 12.1, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Offer yourselves. No longer your own. You were purchased at great price. Colossians 3.12-14, Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, Compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Allow him to draw you to the person that you are meant to be. Allow him to move you. Psalm 139, 23, 24. May this be the cry of your heart. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. See if there are any grievous ways in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. Meet with God in his word and let him move you. Allow his word to expose those areas that need to change. Put on the new self created after the likeness of God and realize your old life is, is dead and buried. You now live by the power of Christ in you. Trust in the Lord, not yourself. Acknowledge him and he will lead you. Embrace the work he has for you. Offer yourself as a living sacrifice. Become like him, compassionate and kind and patient, forgiving. God, allow God's word to penetrate your heart and to move you into the way everlasting. This is a new year, and he has new roads ahead for you. Meet with him and let him move you there. How do we do that practically? How, do we, how can we be better and purposeful to do that this year? Well, the first thing, obviously, is make sure you have a Bible. I mean, that should go without saying, right? Well, you'd be surprised how many people don't have a Bible who show up to church without a Bible. What's the best Bible to have? The one that you read. Right? That's the best Bible to have. The one that you read. It does no good sitting on a shelf. It does no good sitting on the coffee table. What are you, impressing your friends and your neighbors and your family when they come over? Like that 
Bible sitting on the coffee table, covered in dust, pages stuck together, hasn't been used. Read your Bible. Make sure that you have one. We use the ESV here, the English Standard Version. That's the, 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 the translation that we choose to use here. I think it it's, has the best balance of word for word and thought for thought with, with readability. There's, there's several other translations. Some people, they, they love their, their King James. What I was raised in, when you hear God speak that way, it's nothing like it. Some people struggle with reading that. It's hard. Find one that works for you. Now, there are a few that I would, I would caution you against. Get a good study Bible. Don't just get a Bible. Get one that you can read, but also get a good study Bible. Have a collection of Bibles. A good study Bible with notes that, that help explain passages, that give cross-references. You'd be amazed the people who I have, I've gotten to, to get a, a study Bible. And I've ordered one for them, and then they, they begin to read them. And then they begin to read those, those notes, those, those parts in the study Bible. What? That's what that meant? Really? Did you know that when he was talking about that, he was referring to this? Yeah, that's what it means. Get a good study Bible. These, these, these men who have, have spent years of their lives, dedicated their lives to, to knowing and understanding God's Word so that they can help, help explain it. Yes, it's true. We have the Holy Spirit. It is spiritually discerned. But teaching tools like, like a study Bible can unlock things for you in a whole new way. Get a good study Bible. Consider investing in some commentaries. Go into my, go into my study. I have lots of commentaries. Lots of different ones. These men who have dedicated their lives to, to unlock and, 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 and do a lot of this, this cross-referencing that I, I don't have time to do. I don't have, quite honestly, the, 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 the knowledge to do. These men have. I use that as a tool to help me. I have multiples because, because I don't just trust one man's version of things, and so I have multiples. So you get ones that are trustworthy. Get several if you can. If you can't right away, that's fine. Start with one. Make sure you have a Bible and you read it and you study it and you understand it because that's where you, you will find out who God is and who you are and, and what He expects of you and, and how He can move you. Find a, a reading plan. Read the Bible in a year. I mean, that's one of the things, this time of the year, the new year, that's one of the big things that you'll see. Reading plans. Read through the Bible in a year. There's all kinds of them out there. 
Lots of options. Find one that works for you. Be intentional. Otherwise, it won't happen. If you, if you just sit there and say, yeah, I'm, I'm going to read my Bible more this year. Develop a plan. If you just say that, guess what's going to happen? You might start the first day, and the second day, but then you're not going to know where to start. And then you're just going to jump all over the place, or you're going to start in the beginning, and then you're going to get confused, and then you're going to give up. Be intentional. Get a reading plan that will help guide you through things chronologically or, or there's many other different approaches. But find a reading plan that works for you. And then do it. Be intentional. And then be a Berean. Read your Bibles to see if it's so. Acts 17, 11. Now these Jews were more noble than those in Thessalonica. They received the word with all eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see if these things are so. I put, I put scripture references in the bulletin notes so that you can look them up. Even if we don't have time, as, as even like this morning, ironically, as we're studying God's Word, there's so many scriptures that we didn't have time to stop at each one to look them up. But I, I gave them to you so that you can. I put them in columns. This is who God is. This is, these are some verses you can go find out who, who God is. This is who you are. Here are some verses that, that the Scripture speaks of who you are. God expects of you. How He moves you there. There's verses there for you to look up. Be a Berean. Don't just take my word for it. Be a good Berean. It's your eternity. It's your eternity. Make sure you know your God. Personally, don't live your faith through me. You can't live your faith through me. You must know your God, yourself, personally. You know that. You know him by being in his word, by studying it, by understanding it, so that you're not deceived when you hear a, a, false, a false teaching or, or, or something. Is that really what the Bible says? Let me see. Come and ask me if you don't understand something, if you have questions about it. Oh, we've got a dear brother at our old church, Jimmy Hoyt. I love that dear brother. He would come to me all the time. He'd be like, sorry to bother you. I know you're busy. But I was, I was reading in my Bible, and I come across this, and I had a question. I was reading in here in, in 1 Kings, and I, did not, I don't understand what that's saying. I hate to bother you, but 
Nothing makes a pastor happier than to hear somebody say that. I was reading God's Word. I was reading in this, this chapter. I don't understand. I want to know. Help me to understand. If you have questions, come ask me. Now, I may not know the answer right on the spot. I may have to review the Scripture. And, but come and ask me. Or another brother or sister that you trust that is mature. Be a Berean. Read your Bible to see if it's so. Joshua 1, 8-9. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on, meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Make this new year a new year for you to meet with God in a whole new way. Meet with Him in His Word and let Him move you. Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before You and we, we thank You for Your Word. <clears throat> that You have chosen to not only create us, to create man, in your image, but you have chosen to reveal yourself to us. Because we have your word, we, we are able to, to know who you are. To know how wonderful you are. Because of your word, we are, we are able to discover who we are. Wicked. Dreadful sinners deserving of death. And yet, because of who you are, faithful, patient, loving, and merciful, you offer us the gift of salvation. And if we accept that free gift, the accomplished work of your Son, Jesus Christ, on the cross of Calvary, then we can become children of God, royal priesthood, holy nation, chosen people. we can discover what you expect of us. How you expect us to live as your children. We can find how you can move us to that, that point. To move us where you want us to be. Father God, I pray that you would help us to make this new year a, a, a time that we would meet you in your word and allow you to move us where we need to be. Pray that you would do this by the power of the Holy Spirit as it works in us, through us, for your glory. In the name of Jesus, amen.